Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. Hello, Divas and Dudes. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to a special Divabetic podcast tonight, spotlighting our upcoming stage show titled Diabetes Fairy Tales to be presented at the American Diabetes Association Expo in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this fall. I'm your host, Mr. Divabetic, and I'd like to help empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. Joining me on tonight's special podcast are the members of my fabulous team in Pittsburgh, including certified diabetes educators Lori Bednarz, Connie Frazier, Lorraine Starsky, and also special guest stars, the Diva Better Club leader of Philadelphia, Neva White, makeup artist and esthetician, Sue Perez, and the fabulous poet, Lorraine Brooks. So don't get down, get diva because one of my favorite things about being Mr. Divabetic is challenging myself and my team to make di- learning about diabetes fun and engaging. And one of the biggest highlights for me of the year, I have to say, is our annual appearance at the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh, because I finally get to put on my really, really big, big show. And as you know, I uh, worked for Luther Vandross for eight years, I studied theater before that, worked in the Bay Area doing theater. So this is really where I get to use my talents from working in theater and on stage and in entertainment, along with all the skills I've learned working with such accomplished educators like my team in Pittsburgh as well as Philadelphia and around the country, and really help to empower you to live like a diva or dude, which means it's all about attitude if you're living with diabetes. I'm sure anyone who's listened to our podcast uh, or watched my videos, or even attended a live Divabetic event, knows that truly I am a big kid at heart, which is probably how I dreamed up this year's theme, Diabetes Fairy Tales. Uh, to me, fairy tales aren't just for kids. They're also for adults, because let's face it, today times are tough, and living with diabetes day in and day out can be rather challenging. I feel the stories and the characters in fairy tales could help us because fairy tales teach us not only about the higher qualities in ourselves and others, they also make us feel like we can conquer our fears and give us hope for the future, which is why I am so excited to be presenting Diabetes Fairy Tales this fall. The show is a magical mix of popular characters with nine great self-care tips to encourage you not only to wish upon a star, but also to strive to live a happy and healthy ever after. So sit back and relax and get ready to laugh a little and learn a lot as we introduce you to our nine wonderful diabetes fairy tales in celebration of our upcoming stage show. I hope you can join us in Pittsburgh. Now, let's welcome my very first guest. It's always a pleasure to have her on the show, the diabetic poet, Lorraine Brooks. Hello, Lorraine. Hello, Matt. Wonderful to be back on the show. Joining us to help my listeners get a sneak peek of what I'm going to do this fall. You know, I get to come out to Downstate Medical in Brooklyn where you work once a month and help you outreach to your community. And so it's always fun to have you outreach to our broader community, all the listeners who listen to Diva Talk Radio and have been for the last four years. So thanks for joining the show tonight. Well, thanks for having me again, Max. And, you know, I always enjoy being on your show and I always enjoy having you on my show as well. Now, in honor of our theme, I have to ask, what's your favorite fairy tale, Lorraine? Well, I kind of like the Goldilocks fairy tale. I I kind of like that um, uh, some chairs were too big and some were too small and some were just right. So that's my favorite. I like the just right part. I love Peter Pan, which I'm sure, again, people are just, like, scratching their head, like, oh, my God, he's so... uh, uh, 
predictable. But, you know, my mom used to take me and my brothers to go see that uh, movie. That's when you used to have to go to movies, to the actual movie theater to see animated films all the time when I was a child, especially on my birthdays, because my birthday's in August. There was a big event to go to the movie theaters during the summer and see that. And I really loved the message because I thought uh, what Peter Pan was really saying is you could do anything if you believe in mm. yourself. And it really kind of impacted me, which is probably why I wanted to kind of mix the concept of popular fairy tales with self-care tips. I thought it might be easier, actually, for a lot of people to remember because if they're going to Disney World or taking trips this summer, they could see Goldilocks and think about portion control. They could think of Snow White and think about help. And they could think of Pinocchio and think about why it's so important to get nosy. And they're going to learn why all those references were made right now as they listen to the show and get to meet the educators. But right now, as always, you're going to help me kick off the show with a little creativity because you have a special poem in honor of our upcoming show. So please share that, Lorraine. Well, thank you again, Max, for asking me back on the show and asking me to write another poem for tonight's theme. And I know you had said that um, you were going to highlight the nine uh, divabetic tips for living healthy, and uh, you wanted to incorporate all the wonderful fairy tale characters. So the title of my poem is A Rhyme for the Nine. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair and get real about your condition. Snow White is waiting with people to share good recipes and good nutrition. Cinderella can offer a comment or two as she lives happily ever after. And Goldilocks tells us her portion's just right, and it's serving size we need to master. Red Riding Hood no longer wolfs her food down, and she's walking so she'll look her best. And Sleeping Beauty reminds us as well that we need to get enough rest. The beauty has slayed her dragon, the beast, by watching her carbs, I suppose. While Pinocchio tells us the truth about food to avoid his embarrassing nose. Hansel and Gretel are lost in the woods, but they don't need to make any stops because they have packed their glucose pills to avoid those blood sugar drops. So all is well in fairy tale land. It's really the best of all times. We can lick diabetes with all of our friends who inhabit our nursery rhymes. Thank you, Mark. I would say, Lorraine, you're going to have to pack your bags and head off to Pittsburgh with us through National Diabetes Awareness Month. <laughs> that poem is too good tonight. I, really, I would love to I, join you. I would absolutely love so, to join you. It was so wonderful. I mean, did it, I know you're going to be taking a cruise, so does the Hansel and Gretel make you think about planning ahead for your upcoming trip? Absolutely. I have to I have to be like Hansel and Gretel and have everything I need, my, my uh, glucose tablets, my granola bars, my raisins, all my snacks, and also I have to practice walking. So um, all of those uh, fairy tales are very relevant to me and my cruise, and I'm going to look forward to planning to be healthy while being surrounded with all the food that you're surrounded on on cruise ships. And uh, I think you and I spoke about um, me doing a little piece on how to live healthy and be on a cruise at the same time, so I'm also looking forward to that. Absolutely, and I want to tell you, I went on a cruise for my parents' 40th anniversary and actually lost weight because we stayed so active. We made an action mm -hmm. plan ahead of time, and our whole family did fitness together all week long, and we actually came back thinner than when we left. So it Wonderful. is possible out there not to overindulge. It sure. absolutely is, and I plan to do the same. I will keep you posted. Now, um, I have to mention, Lorraine, Cinderella had her glass slipper, but you have even something better that sparkles for those diabetes princesses out there listening to enjoy. You make one-of-a-kind medical ID charm bracelets. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I got the idea um, from the gray ribbon. I saw a charm that was in the shape of a gray ribbon, which, as you know, is the symbol for diabetes awareness. And I got the idea to make charm bracelets for women um, just to help them, again, as you always say, glam more and fear less and be positive about their diabetes. So I'm making uh, charm bracelets. I make the charms myself, and I add a few extra things to make them look glamorous. I can include uh, the medical alert that has the diabetes um, uh, alert on it or not, uh, depending on whether the person is diabetic or not. And they're available um, through my website, which is www sweetl.biz, sweetl like Lorraine, 
uh, .biz, and um, uh, I would love for everybody to have one, everybody with or without diabetes, or if you love a woman or care about a woman who has diabetes, they make wonderful gifts. All right, and thank you so much for being a part of the show and kicking off our Diabetes Fairy Tale Spectacular tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Max. Have a great show. All right. Now I'd like to welcome my next guest. She's a certified diabetes educator and a registered nurse from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, Shadyside School of Nursing. Please welcome Lori Desnar. Hey, Max. Hi, Lori. How are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's hard to believe that this fall is going to be the sixth year of Divabetic at the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh. And over the years, Lori, we've had cars, we've had refrigerators, we've had pets to help us spotlight the different uh, aspects of diabetes care. But last year, we had palm trees and rowboats. What was that all about? Well, last year we came together for Jillian's Island, and this was an experience where we would think that how can we bring a TV show to life? Well, we did it. We had all of us representing one person that was on that wrecked ship and at the island, and what do each of us have that we can bring to it all? Some knowledge from the professor, a little bit of a questioning, a little bit of a caregiver in Marianne. So we all brought a little something and did some teaching for our diabetes women out there and the men, too, that were in the audience as well. And it was really about showing people they don't have to be a cast to feel like a castaway. And it's not just about surviving with diabetes. It's about thriving with diabetes. And I think one of the most... Um, interesting or engaging moments of the whole show for me was you really talking about travel tips and planning ahead and really talking about it from a personal standpoint because we should tell everyone not only are you a registered nurse and a certified diabetes educator but you're also living with diabetes. Absolutely Max and as a matter of fact I um I use the word celebrate. I celebrate my 34th year living with diabetes tomorrow and um, I know firsthand what it takes to live with a disease that um, doesn't go away and you have to plan to really take care of things before they happen. And that's really what makes the difference in having a good day and a good experience whenever you're going through things in life. Well, I love it. And uh, congratulations we should give you because you're so healthy and beautiful. You're one of the the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. 34 years. (laughs) Glam more for your love. We love it. <laughs> now, uh, you're going to introduce us to our first diabetes fairy tale tonight, and I'm going to give you a drum roll before I ask you who it is. So here's the drum roll. Lori, please introduce the first diabetes fairy tale of the night. Tonight, we have Rapunzel, and her message is to be be loud and proud, let your hair down. And it's all about, we chose Rapunzel because a lot of people with diabetes feel like they're isolated or they tend to isolate or if they have or have experienced a diabetes health-related complication, they become isolated. And the idea here with Rapunzel is really, it's so important to open up. And of course, at the ADX in Pittsburgh in November, they'll have an amazing opportunity at the Divabetic Pavilion to not only find comfort, to get connected to great educators, and also be cheered on, but they could meet each other as well. Why is, uh, I know you work in diabetes education, you're also living with diabetes, why is support so important to you? Well, when you have a team around you, you know that you're not in it alone, whether it is a member of your family, a significant other, your doctors, your nurses, other individuals you meet living with diabetes. You may have a social worker. You may have a dietitian. You may have a counselor. All of these people can help you through the tough times, and they can also celebrate with you the good times because as many times as there may be failures in your care and control of diabetes, there can also be great success, and you want to share these positives as well because we need to celebrate the good that comes of all of this as well. Well, I also want to mention, like, for Rapunzel and a lot of princesses and princes out there, it's scary to open up about it. Was it scary for you to really tell people, your friends and your family, as well as seek out help for your diabetes? 
Yes, honestly, Max, you know, in my um, younger years, I really only told people that needed to know um, because I did not want to have myself be seen as someone different, someone who needed more of something or had a label put upon me. So oftentimes I didn't talk about it much. But as I felt more empowered with myself, I was more free in sharing. And it's amazing when you feel more empowered with yourself and your care and your control, how people really feed off of that and they realize, wow, I'm not the only one who's going through something, whatever it may be. I agree. I mean, one of the biggest messages we ever hear at a diabetic event is, I, I no longer feel alone. And I feel like that's the greatest compliment anyone could give us is to walk into the room and not feel alone. I think living with a day-to-day, it's such a challenge. It's important to form a team around you. It's important to share what you're feeling, whether you're doing it online, through this podcast, org, or choosing to use one of the mo- amazing other sites available to you in the diabetes world to communicate and get the information you need to live a happy and whole life. So on that note, you're sticking around because um, we've got a second fairy tale you're going to introduce us to. Are you ready, Laurie, to introduce us? I am. What is our second diabetes fairy tale of the night? We have Snow White, and her message is to work things out with a little help. Okay, now uh, I love this one too because to me, first of all, the big thing here is Snow White is much bigger than the Seven Dwarfs. And I know when we're talking about a little help, we mean that Snow White is becoming a healthcare advocate, and all those dwarfs are members of her healthcare team as well as her friends and family. But the important thing for our listeners is that so many people uh, in the past have really just sit there when they go to a doctor's appointment and they take orders from their doctor. They expect their doctors and their healthcare professionals to know everything. And we're asking them to kind of reverse this and take ownership of their health and kind of partner with their healthcare providers to really manage their care with attitude. So when we're talking about building a team, who are some of the members of the team that uh, Snow White should have? Well, starting with the very beginning, you want an endocrinologist, a physician who specializes in the care of someone who's living with diabetes, whether it's type 1 or type 2 diabetes. And then on that team, you want a nurse, a certified diabetes educator, who's able to help you understand how to manage the disease. Because as you said, diabetes is self-controlled. You're the person at home living with it and has to make the day-to-day decisions as far as what to do with medications, blood sugars, and things of that nature. You want a dietitian because your dietitian is going to help you regulate what your meals should be, your intakes, and how to incorporate the foods that you love into the food plan that you're following. You may need a social worker to help you navigate through the whole system of insurance and policies that may help get you where you need to go. We often see some teams will have a psychologist present that can help you work through some of the counseling needs you may have. And some teams even have an exercise physiologist, which will help you figure out a fitness regimen to help keep you fit and active and help that aspect help you manage and regulate your blood sugars as well. Wow. I mean, that's quite a team. And I know a dentist is really important, too, because yesterday I was talking to a um, dental hygienist in my recent interview that I posted on divabag.org about how teeth, and diabetes are related and how important it is to have uh, take proper care of your teeth to protect your gums. So, I mean, there's so many great people on your team. But I have to ask you, Lori, because I was uh, reading on FB today that the three hardest things to say aloud are, I love you, I'm sorry, and I need help. So I just want to know, like, how, how did you make get over that obstacle and start learning to ask for help? Well, you know what? I agree with those three things are the hardest to say, but to take that a step further, I also have the belief that it's never too late to say any of them. So even if you're in a jam and you feel, well, I'm sinking here, it's okay. It's never too late to ask for help. And I can say for myself, you know, I was very fortunate because I was diagnosed as a child and I was cared for by a pediatric endocrinologist. But I can say also when I graduated from pediatrics healthcare because I was a young adult, 
I was sent to a general practitioner as a physician, and I could tell that this person wasn't vested in what was the best compared to what I knew was capable of my healthcare being. And I said, you know what, I don't think we're on the same page as far as what I'm looking for for my healthcare goals as you are. So I was able to seek out an endocrinologist. But I can say I knew I needed help in a different way than this person could provide. But it's something that you know, hey, if my goal is to be healthy, how can this person help me achieve the best health possible? Great advice. And stick around, Lori, because you're going to be coming up later to introduce us to more of our diabetes fairy tale characters. Fantastic. All right, listeners, guess what? The show's going continuing, and we are going to meet another fabulous team member from our Pittsburgh Diabetic team. She's a certified diabetes educator and a registered dietitian with the Jocelyn Diabetes Center at West Pennsylvania Hospital. Please welcome to the show, Connie Frazier. Hello, Matt. So nice to be here tonight. Great to have you back on the show, Connie. You know, uh, last year you were running one of the most popular segments of the show when we were doing Food Aisle Face-Off, talking about comparing some foods and suggesting to people which are the better options. Not only would, um, we should tell people, not only with popular foods, but also with drinks as well. And I think a lot of the audience uh, got a lot out of that. That was always a fun and enlightening uh, thing to do, just to help us to make better choices and being aware of their nutritional value and content. Now, the thing I love about coming to Pittsburgh, Connie, is because I get to meet all types of people living with diabetes, and a lot of those people we meet are sometimes facing enormous challenges, and a lot of them have experienced some kind of diabetes health complication. And I know uh, in doing my research, family members of uh, people who have who have diabetes, who are affected by diabetes, if they see family members uh, having experienced complications, they think it's inevitable. And they they really, uh, they've done research that shows that people uh, who have a family member who might have experienced amputation or kidney failure kind of expect that to happen if they also develop diabetes. And so you're here tonight to introduce us to another diabetes fairy tale that's going to hopefully shed some new light on that for people. Are you ready to tell us about our next diabetes fairy tale? I certainly am. And I think our I'm next diabetes fairy tale. <laughs> All right. Our next diabetes fairy tale is Cinderella. And her message is to see a happily healthy ever after and to avoid disaster. Right. Because the truth is that these complications can be prevented. And it's all it, a lot of times it's about attitude, and they also they might be able to be minimized too if you if you have the right attitude as well and really uh, get reengaged in your care regimen. Correct? Sure. Keeping a positive attitude and staying focused on um, managing diabetes is the best way to help prevent complications. Um, studies show that we can reduce the risk of complications just by keeping our blood sugar in a healthy range, which is which can be a challenge in and of itself. But I always uh, want to encourage people by saying that anytime our blood sugars improve, we're helping to reduce our risk of complications. So, uh, you know, there was a study that showed that each point we improve our A1C, so maybe in the beginning of our blood sugars were not so well controlled and we had an A1C of 12, which might show if those blood sugars were even in the 300 range, each point that A1C improves, we can reduce our risk of complications by up to 30%, which I think is very, very encouraging. Now, I want to say to everybody, you know, I lived through a complication because I worked for Luther Vandross, and I was completely in shock when he had the stroke. I had no idea something that significant or severe was related to diabetes, and when I found out it could have been prevented I was just, you know, honestly, Connie, so filled with regret. I think the other complication that uh, when we're always out doing these events that seems so confusing to people is amputation. People don't understand how amputation happens, and and I also think they don't realize how easily it can be prevented. So what can you uh, share about that? Well, you're right. Prevention is really the important key here, and that amputations unfortunately do occur, but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So, for example, each day we want to be checking our feet for anything unusual um, because sometimes we may have some loss of feeling in our feet or we may have 
some decreased circulation. And so it's important to check those feet each day for, you know, calluses, ingrown toenails, discoloration, um, anything that looks unusual. And then the message is to always have that evaluated by a healthcare provider as opposed um, from doing our own home care remedies. And then each time we see our physician, our healthcare provider, we want to take off our socks and shoes and have the doctor take a look at our feet um, as well for a professional check. And also practicing positive nail care is important maybe by seeing the podiatrist if we're unable to take care of our own toenails. And making sure that each day we um, wear socks and shoes as opposed to um, walking barefoot to prevent potential injury to our foot are just some ways we can work on keeping our feet healthy and prevent injury to our feet and prevent things um, as unfortunate as amputation. And coming up later in the show, uh, everybody listening, we're going to have one of my favorite makeup artists, skin experts, esthetician, Sue Perez, is joining us to shed some tips on getting pretty feet for the summer. So, Connie, thank you for reminding me to tell everyone about one of our highlights of the show later on tonight with the Glamour Fearless team member, Sue Perez. Now, um, introduce us to our fourth fairy tale. Let me give you the drum roll. So our fourth fairy tale is Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and her message is, bear in mind the simple rules to portion size. Now, this is really interesting because you are a registered dietitian, and, you know, there's been a lot of misconception out there about a diabetic diet. You know, is there such a thing as a diabetic diet, Connie? Well, I would have to say no. Um, you know, we really, there's no such thing as a diabetic diet. It's just a healthy style of eating that all all people would benefit from just by making uh, better food choices in terms of higher fiber foods such as whole grain breads, heart-healthy food choices such as lean meats and low-fat dairy products, and increasing our, our um, amounts of, of vegetables, just a healthy style of eating. Well, one of, the working, one of the things I love about working with you is it's not, you don't talk to people about what to take off their plate. You also encourage people what to put on their plate, like you're saying, more fiber, more fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, um, but the thing about Goldilocks and the three pairs, and I know we both talk a lot about this at, and have at past uh, performances of the, in the Vivabetic Pavilion, it is about portion size. And so many times you've been on the show, we've done, you've guest starred in our uh, dining out with a dietitian, and we're talking to people about how to master the menu at some of their favorite restaurants. And I did some research and I found out that most of the portions served to us at restaurants are twice the size of uh, what the portion should be. What kind of advice can you give to people living with diabetes about dining out? Well, dining out can be a challenge for all of us, those with and without diabetes. As you mentioned, Max, the portion sizes are huge, and they've really grown over time. So some thoughts that I would have would be sort of plan ahead of time and maybe go online and seek out um, the menu of the restaurant that you may be attending and sort of plan what you're going to order in advance so you have a game plan. And also go to the restaurant um, not hungry. So you might have a snack ahead of time so we're not so hungry that we tend to eat a lot more. And that the, the bread basket is always a challenge, so we can think of some strategies to manage that bread basket. It might be I'm just going to have one piece of bread or not I'm going to forgo the bread basket because I want to choose other carbs um, for that meal. And then strategies to control the portions. You know, the appetizers are sometimes a nice thing to do because they're smaller and, um, you know, we can maybe order a few appetizers instead of a large meal. Or if we do order the meal, um, some strategies to manage that portion would be to get a darker bag at the start of the meal and portion into that to-go container what we plan on not eating and keep the rest on our plate. That way we have that sort of decided ahead of time and ordering some extra vegetables to fill in the gaps. Or we can actually, you know, save some money and some uh, calories as well by sharing that appetizer. I mean, I'm sorry, sharing the meal or the entree with uh, our partner at the meal. That way we're really doing a nice job in controlling those portions. Well, I have to tell you, it really works for me to just take half of that portion right off my plate at the beginning and put it in a bag. Then I could socialize, and it really, I'm, I'm more focused on the company than I am on the carbohydrates. <laughs> 
I mean, otherwise, I I'd probably, I'm a member of the Clean Play Club. I've always been a member, so when they take half of it away, I feel I feel like I could enjoy the evening and not feel like I'm going to have to uh, pay for it the next morning. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about this, Connie, too. I mean, one of the things I'm doing this year more than ever and something I'm so passionate about is talking about the emotional side of eating. I do a, a program that we just presented at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia called uh, Plate Poetry Project. And, we're, you know, Luther Vandross struggled with his weight for so many years, up and down, up and down. I know so many other people living with diabetes uh, also experience what Luther is experiencing. When it comes to eating and the emotional side of, of um, eating and this idea of mindless eating, you know, that people just aren't paying attention to what they eat, what can you offer as far as advice for those as a registered dietitian to, to our listeners tonight? Well, I think that emotional eating is something that a lot of us struggle with. And I think, as Lori mentioned, utilizing the help of team members. So if we are emotional, if we're eating for emotional reasons, maybe, you know, meeting with a healthcare provider, a behavioral therapist to work out what are, what are the core issues of why we're, we're eating to mask our emotions. And also, um, if we're eating just because we're bored or we're happy or we have all those different emotions, is to kind of, you know, come up with a game plan. What can I do if I am bored instead of eating? Do I need to, you know, have a, a different hobby? Um, so kind of focusing on a game plan around that emotional eating and identify what's going on and what we can do instead uh, are sometimes ways to manage that emotional eating. But it certainly is a challenge. Well, that's great advice, and you're going to stick around because you're going to share some more diabetes fairy, ta- fairy tales with us later on. All right. Nice to be here, Matt. All right. Now, please welcome to the show our next guest, the leader of the Diva Beta Club in Philadelphia, who recently helped me present the diabetes fairy tales at the Diva Beta Club in Philadelphia in April. She's a certified diabetes educator as well as a nurse practitioner, Neva Light. Hi, Neva. Hey, Max. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being a part of the show. Here, we're giving you applause. There you go. Always fun to always fun to work with you. Uh, you know, we're talking about the fairy tales, and the audience of the Diva Better Club kind of enjoyed it last time we presented it, right? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of clues for thought for people. It was, and I mean, you know, it's about combining some of those popular characters with some very trustworthy self-care advice that's based on the American uh, American Association of Diabetes Educators' uh, seven self-care behavior tips as well. We kind of coincide with that. And one of the things we're always talking about is exercise. So can you please tell us what our next diabetes fairy tale is going to be? And I'm going to tell you well, right I'm, now, it's Little Red Riding Hood. And uh, yeah, her but, message is you got to move after you wolf down food, Neva. So the big question yeah. I know people are wondering is, why sh- should people with diabetes exercise? Certainly. Exercise is really what I like to call our secret weapon. And I think that we don't put enough emphasis on the power of exercise and what it can do in terms of lowering and stabilizing our blood sugar. I think that when people think about exercise, they think about, you know, having to do all of this, uh, you know, going to the gym and, and, and these really elaborate things. But we really want people to think about just being active, slow and steady, really looking at how you can incorporate 10 minutes of exercise three times a day into your day, connecting with a habit and just kind of adding more exercise because of the, it's so beneficial to managing your diabetes. But so many uh, women and men out there, Neva, who are listening, they exercise once with diabetes, they had a low, and now they're terrified to go back on the Stairmaster or go for that walk around the neighborhood or take a bike ride. What what should someone, what kind of advice can you give someone out there who's listening who wants to engage more in exercise but they're just so afraid because they might be experiencing a high or a low? All right, well, the first thing you want to do is talk to your health care provider about what kind of exercise is good for you and how long you should be exercising and what type of exercising you should be uh, 
doing, you want to also check your blood sugar before you exercise and also after you exercise. You want to make sure that if you are experiencing um, a low, you may want to wait, have a snack, and then exercise. You also want to have an exor- uh, have a snack available to you when you finish exercising. I think the whole thing is how long are you exercising and how vigorous are you exercising and how can you exercise in such a way that you're taking breaks or you're doing things that your body is able to tolerate. Great advice. Thank you, Neva. And remember, Neva is the leader of the Diva Better Club. If you want to join this free monthly meeting, you could go to Thomas Jefferson, 1-800-JEFF-NOW, right, Neva, to register for the program? Yes. And guess what, Neva, you're sticking around because it's time for my Glamour Fearless Diabetes Fairytale. You know, I never do a show at Divabetic without having some fabulous self-care pampering, um, beauty, aid to make you feel fabulous because I, I truly believe the more you invest in yourself, the more you're able to impact your health. So you're going to introduce us to our sixth diabetes fairy tale. And I got my drum set working again. It's going to be Sleeping Beauty. And the first part of this, Neva, is that if you get enough sleep, uh, getting enough sleep is the secret to eternal beauty. I know a lot of people with diabetes can't sleep through the night because, again, they're so terrified of having a low. What kind of advice can you give to them on that? Well, again, if that's what you're afraid of, then it's important that you check your blood sugar before you go to bed and evaluate whether or not you need a snack. A lot of times a good snack of a protein and a carbohydrate combination is a good way to start your night. The other thing that we have to think about is that some people are experiencing sleep apnea during the night. We find that there is a uh, association between sleep apnea and diabetes, and that's really a situation where the throat muscles relax and block the airway, and there's actually interruptions uh, during the night and during their sleep. And with proper evaluation and treatment, a lot of people find that it almost changes their life in terms of uh, being able to sleep. So first of all, if you're having any issues when you wake up in the morning, you're feeling tired or you're feeling like for some reason you just didn't get a good night's sleep, that may be something you want to be evaluated for. All right. Well, that's excellent advice. And again, you can meet Neva White at the Diva Better Club in Philadelphia. We've got a, a bunch of big programs coming up this fall as well, Neva. So, um, Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you, Max. All right, everybody. It's always a tradition, like I said earlier, to offer free beauty and pampering services at, in the Divabetic Pavilion at the ADA Expo, and I love to offer them to you as listeners on Diva Talk Radio. So please welcome one of my favorite makeup artists. She's a skincare guru and esthetician, Sue Perez. Hi, Sue. Hi, Max. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you for joining us tonight. Sure. Thank you for having me. Now, Sue, the divas are wondering. They know the show's not coming to November, but first we all have to get through summer. So mm-hmm. you agree to come on the show and help give us some uh, tips for being beautiful during the summer or pretty with pretty very few pennies. What do you want to say? Sure. Well, summer is a great time to pamper yourself because it's so hot and it's so humid. Um, so the focus is always going to be on your pretty feet, right? We're wearing open-toe sandals and flip-flops. An easy and inexpensive way to pamper your feet is by soaking them in cool water with sugar. And sugar, believe it or not, is something very reasonable to buy in the drugstore, in the, in the supermarket. And you add some sugar, I'd say like a cup of sugar for about maybe, you know, a couple of, you know, cups of water just so that it gets soft and it, 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 it you know, it just, you know, just, you just put in the water and you just put your feet in there. I like to add lemon juice to the water, and I also like to add aromatherapy oil. And aromatherapy oil is really relaxing to the body. Um, you can use a different variety. You can use lavender. Uh, I like to use bergamot. Um, and that just gives the water a beautiful aromatic quality. Um, I make it very, you know, lavish. So I'll add rose petals to the water. And actually in the nail salons, they offer um, pedicures for $45, and these pedicures have really natural ingredients. Of course, $45 is a lot of money, but at home you can add these same ingredients, like milk. Milk has lactic acid, which gently softens the skin, and you can actually also put honey directly to your legs. 
And honey is the one food that never spoils, and it's incredibly hydrating to the skin. And you can apply that honey all the way up to your knee. It's a little sticky, but if you're soaking your feet, you can rinse your hands off. And just pamper yourself. Just let your feet soak in there, take in the aromas. And then when you're ready, just gently massage your skin using a warm washcloth or use a, a loofah mitt. And that loofah mitt or the washcloth is going to help you just get rid of all the dead surface skin that's on your legs and on your feet and around your toes. And afterwards, just add your favorite lotion or almond oil, which is really inexpensive. And um, that's another great way that you can just add a little bit of moisture to, to the skin. Just don't put any moisturizer on the bottoms of your feet because you don't want your soles to be slippery. Um, and then, you know, just buff your nails out. You can use a little nail file or one of those buffing tools. And um, if you don't want to use nail polish, actually, what I like to do is just brush cuticle oil, which is really inexpensive. <laughs> and just by brushing the cuticle oil on your nail bed, it looks like your nails have clear nail polish. And it's really, there's no drying time. You can go ahead and just put on your sandals and go. It's an excellent way to add shine. It's very healing and very, very hydrating as well. So these are my easy pampering tips for soft, sexy feet. You can visit my website at suecarez.com for other recipes and other products that I recommend. Thanks so much for having me. I love it, Sue, because, you know, this is all about safe pedicures for our listeners. You know, we, we posted safe uh, pedicure guidelines on our site. And what you're really mm-hmm. talking about is not cutting the nail. It's like all the other things you could do to kind of enjoy that manicure the mm-hmm. salon for dollars. I just have to ask, okay, so, because I got a little confused. So you put the honey on your legs, and mm-hmm. hopefully the mosquitoes will not be in the house. And then <laughs> you, you, you have it on your legs for a couple minutes, and then you wash it off. You just wash off the yeah. honey. Yeah, if you're and sitting it really, in it really a chair, works. How, long do you, how long do you leave it on your legs, the honey? The honey doesn't dry. It just You put it on your knees, from your knees down to your ankles, so it's on that part of your leg in the calf. And um, when you're ready and you're done soaking your feet, you know, your feet start to get a little bit softer because they're sitting in the sugar. And then you would take a washcloth and massage the honey into your skin. It actually just dissolves and breaks down, but it leaves your skin silky, silky soft. It's really an excellent, inexpensive way just to, like, you know, get rid of the dead skin on the on the legs and also hydrate the skin. Yeah, I think it's a it's a perfect glamour fearless mm-hmm. tip for summer. So thank you for mm-hmm. joining us. We appreciate sure. it. Sure, thank you. Enjoy. All right, everybody, get ready to meet our next guest. She's a public health nurse and at Allegheny County Health Department. Please welcome to the show Lorraine Starsky. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Max. Hi, everyone. Lorraine, we have worked together so many times in the Diabetic Pavilion in Pittsburgh, but you're actually making your debut at Diva Talk yes, Radio. Yes, this is my first time. I'm so delighted. Oh, I love having you on the show. I just love working with you. You're so much fun. You're a ball of energy. I'm sure people could hear it in your voice already. You know, we have done so many shows in the past. I know one of my personal favorites, and I think it was yours as well, was The Golden Girls. What can you explain a little bit about what that theme was to our listeners? Well, um, the Golden Girls was sort of, um, again, the whole concept of uh, a team, a support system. And, um, well, no surprise, um, Rose was sort of the clueless one. But, you know, that's okay because she asked questions, and that's a good thing. If you don't know something, you ask questions. And then there was um, the uh, B. Arthur character. I'm blanking on her uh, name. Dorothy. In the sh- Dorothy, that's it. Um, and who was the teacher and um, knew a lot of things, um, but sort of a no-nonsense attitude. And then you had... Um, uh, yeah. Blanche again. I'm thinking of the actress's name, and 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 that and she added a little spice because one of her concerns was diabetes and sexuality, and you know that's not something that gets talked about that often. So we had a lot of fun with that. Absolutely, and you know this year we're talking about fairy tales, so we always kind of uh, take the questions from the audience, and like you said, some of the most Uh, often ignored topics in large events we actually take on on a very personal level, and you're such a friendly, outgoing educator. I appreciate the way you could talk about something as sensitive as um, intimacy issues for people with diabetes and and present it in a way that I feel um, really gives people the information and the support they need 
to, you know, want to change their life and, and, and add to the quality of their life, which is so important. Absolutely. Now, uh, you're going to introduce us to our next fairy tale. Who is our, I think we're up to number seven. What's our seventh fairy tale? Right, right. It's one of my favorites. It's Beauty and the Beast. And Beauty's message is to subdue the beast by taking action to be prepared ahead of time for what could happen. And this is all about kind of troubleshooting the highs and lows of your blood sugars, correct? Correct. And I think one of the biggest issues for people is like driving and diabetes, you know, because that's, I think, sometimes where it gets pretty dangerous if you're experiencing either one of those. So how, what kind of planning ahead should someone do? Well, first of all, you know, diabetes is not a one-size-fits-all. So I think it, it's really important for uh, individuals to know uh, what they feel like when they're going low. And sometimes there is something that's called hypoglycemic unawareness where people do go low and they don't seem to have any sense of that. They don't seem to have any um, prior symptoms. So I always suggest that before anyone gets behind the wheel of a car that they test their blood sugar. Um, And they should always, always carry um, a fast-acting source of a carbohydrate, um, so whatever it is, Skittles, um, Lifesavers, something that you carry in your purse that you have readily available, or you could even just have it in the glove, compart- uh, uh, glove compartment of your car. And one of the things I'm so proud about working with you is that every year when we do, when we host the Diabetic Pavilion, we present our stage show, we play a game called Diabetes Numerology, and we actually give people random blood glucose values along with related situations. And everyone who listens to Diva Talk Radio knows this game because we, we do it every month on our Diabetes Roundtable show. But we really show people how to create an action plan. I think one of the biggest things about creating an action plan is um, becoming more informed, which is actually our next fairy tale is all about. So. Here's the drum roll to tell us who our next fairy tale is. Oh, yes. It's our good fellow Pinocchio with the big nose. And I always tell people in, in, in Pittsburgh, we have a little colloquial expression called um, a neb nose. And I always tell people, I'm proud to be nebby. So I always say, that's a good thing. Be nosy about your health and and, and, and and inform yourself. Ask questions. Research. Learn. Well, these two things go hand in hand about troubleshooting highs and lows and being nosy enough to ask questions because the truth is, like, the whole reason I even began to present diabetes numerology is so many people were afraid of having a higher low. They didn't really have an action plan. And this concept of being a Pinocchio is really doing some investigating and kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about Snow White and becoming a healthcare advocate. So when people are doing research, I know you work uh, for the county, uh, the Allegheny County Health, Health Department. Department. Where do you like to advise people to go? Because, you know, they're tuning into Dr. Oz every day. They're going on the Internet. How should they take the information they find online or on the TV and present it to their healthcare professional? Well, you know, I I think it's fine to read. I read magazines all the time, everything from, you know, Oprah to prevention to whatever, and occasionally I do see Dr. Oz, and I say that's fine. But I also point out, um, you know, you do have to um, exercise some caution because Dr. Oz is a commercial um, show it has advertising and he is linked with um, uh, organizations that sell um, supplements and so forth. And for example, if you go on and you Google Doctor Oz, it comes up DrOz.com. So that tells you that alerts you that it's a commercial. Um, so I always tell people when you're looking for information, what you want to look for are on the websites .org, 
.edu's or .gov's. And for example, um, my favorite website uh, for diabetes information is the American Diabetes Association website, which is www.diabetes.org. The, uh, another good source for information that's not, um, you know, uh, tainted or, you know, any way influenced by commercial um, concerns is uh, the Center for Disease Control website, which is www.cdc.gov. So these are great websites to go to and research about different health issues, particularly diabetes. And then I think it's good to write down things to discuss with your doctor. I always tell people, you know, run these um, ideas past your health care provider because, um you know, I think it's a. It should be a give and take. It should be a. a, a, a nowadays, it shouldn't be. Oh, the doctor is the medical deity, and you're just the passive patient. It, it should be a good exchange. But you want to um, have the best information, and those are the best sources, the non-commercial sources. Well, I, I appreciate that advice, and I know one of the hot topics for everyone living with diabetes today is medical insurance. I know you spent a lot of time at past expos doing breakout sessions on insurance. What sites do you like to uh, to refer people to around that issue? Well, um, the the main one is um, HRSA, which stands for Health Services. Oh, let's see here. I have to find it right here. It's at my fingertips. Um, while I'm looking for that, I, I, I want to point out that there are organizations called Federally Qualified Healthcare Centers, FQHCs, and what's good about them is that they will take people who don't have health insurance, and they usually um, are very, very willing to work with you in terms of your um, budget. They may just ex- uh, ask for a nominal payment of $20 a visit. Okay, here it is. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA. And there is an 800 number, or actually it's an 888 eight number one eight eight two seven five four seven seven two and you and these are all over the country and if you call and give your zip code they can say well there's a federally qualified health care center ten miles from you or you can go online and it's um find a health center it's altogether lowercase, findahealthcenter.hrsa.gov. So you can do it online. And I've done it online. And and it really is, I can't say enough for these um, clinics because they have actually in many ways done some of the most cutting-edge um, stuff as far as diabetes uh, self-management, um, promoting a more holistic approach in terms of looking at the per- person as a whole, encouraging um, patients to um, get, um, you know, therapy and counseling because so often diabetes and depression go hand in hand. And so I, I really think that there's no reason for someone to have diabetes and not go and get care. It's it's available. It can happen even if you're um, in a really bad situation without health insurance. Great. Well, now let's bring back Lori Bednars one more time to talk about diabetes fairy tale. Lori, are you there? Hey, Matt. Yes, I am. All right, so Lorraine and I are on the show. So tell us our, our here's the drum roll to introduce us to our final diabetes fairy tale. We have now Hansel, Hansel and Gretel, and their message is to carry more than crumbs to safely return to where you came from. And that's really about planning ahead, right, for people living with diabetes? Absolutely. 
so much in diabetes care involves planning. And you really, really need to think about all the what-ifs whenever you step outside your home, leaving the house for a trip to the grocery store or leaving the house for a trip across the country. What will I need with me just in case? And you know this personally because you just had a fabulous honeymoon in Italy, and what happened? Oh, Max, it was wonderful. And we were scheduled to return, and unfortunately, our flight was delayed. And when I say delayed, we had arrived at the airport at 6 in the morning, had breakfast at the airport, and then put on a plane. And we were not allowed to leave the plane until 2 p.m. Oh, my gosh. No food was provided. And then we were taken very quickly via bus to a hotel room where we were put overnight. We did not have the opportunity to get any food <laughs> until that evening, say, about 6.30, 7 p.m. So we were really in a situation. And the, mm. and the, the tip there is that you, you have to plan ahead. So what do you carry in your bag at all times with you, Lori? Well, Max, I can say I was very fortunate because, like I said, I made sure I had a good, hearty breakfast because I knew that there was a meal to be provided on the plane. But meals are only delivered once you're in air. So I ate a good breakfast, and I had with me fruits, nuts, bottles of water. I also had some peanut butter crackers and some granola bars. So I was able to make a lunch and a snack, if you will, um, to hold me through until we were able to be at a place where we could get some food. And have you ever had a problem, uh, because people always want to know this, you ever have a problem bringing needles or insulin uh, in a carry-on bag? How do you handle that when you're going through security at an airport? You know, I do carry a letter from my physician with me, which explains that I am carrying these supplies due to my diabetes, and it details what supplies are necessary. I will say that I have had um, multiple times checked because I wear an insulin pump, and truthfully, almost every time I go through the airport, I have to get a full pat-down security to be sure that I'm not carrying any illegal substances in the pump. So I'm very used to having extra um, hands-on on me, so I have to allow for extra time for that because I know if I'm traveling with others, they can zip right through, but I always have to go to the side and wait my turn for that. But I do carry a letter because there have been times where people have you know, asked me you know, about the supplies that I am carrying with me. Well, that is great advice. Now, uh, Lorraine and Lori, you know, one of our team members couldn't make it tonight, Terry Seidman. She's the Associate Director of the ADA in uh, Western Pennsylvania. Uh, Lorraine, you hinted or you said earlier what the website was. People, tell everyone how they could find out about the annual Diabetes Expo in Pittsburgh. Well, again, I urge you to um, go to www.diabetes.org, and when you go on the home page, um, you can see where there's um, local uh, organizations um, of the Diabetes Association, and it'll take you to the Western Pennsylvania section, and there's the information about things that are going on locally. Um, Saturday, November 9th, is going to be the uh, Diabetes Expo. It's going to be at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, which is in downtown Pittsburgh. It'll be from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and I can't say enough for how awesome it is. It's free. Mm -hmm. It's open to the public. It's a multi-generational event, so, you know, it's grandma, mom and dad, and the kids, aunts, uncles, just bring everyone. There's something for everybody to do and enjoy. Um, it, it really is a great event, and it's fun all because right. I'm all about having fun. <laughs> just like tonight was, so I want to thank all my guests for being on the show. I want to thank you for listening. Make sure you check out Divabetic's Facebook fan page. Look at all my videos on Mr. Divabetic's YouTube channel. Join us in November for the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh. And remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together.
Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you for helping celebrate six wonderful years of outreach in your community. Thanks, Max. Bye. Bye, everyone. See you at the expo.